Welcome back to day five, our last day of looking through 1 Peter chapter one. We're gonna look at verses 18 to 25 today as we continue to look at what it means to have a different character because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, before he talks more about character, Peter actually sort of takes an aside here for a moment. In fact, he does it for the second time in this chapter. He talks about salvation. He returns to this theme of the salvation that we have in Christ because the differences that he's talking about, they're all based on the salvation that we have in Christ. All our differences, all your differences are based on your salvation. And here's Peter in verses 18 to 21 who had led so many to faith in Jesus telling us about how you come to faith in Jesus. Here's the preacher that God used to bring 3,000 to faith on the day of Pentecost, the day the church was born, telling us how to be saved. Listen to what he says in verses 18 to 21. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you by your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Let's just walk through what Peter teaches us here about how it is that you were saved, how it is that you can be saved. First, he says, you're redeemed from an empty way of life. Now, your life, before you came to know Christ, or if you haven't yet come to know Christ, it might be a sad life, it might be a happy life. But Peter here says it's an empty life because it's not leading anywhere. To be saved, you have to admit that there is something huge missing in your life without him. Pascal called this the God-shaped vacuum in all of our souls, at the center of our souls. There's this huge empty place in me that can only be filled by my relationship with God. He says, you're redeemed from this empty life. And then he says, you're redeemed not with perishable things. You can't buy your salvation. To be saved, you have to come to understand that you cannot earn it. This is one of the biggest barriers to salvation, to relationship with Jesus in most people's lives. You certainly obviously can't earn it by money. There's a few people who think you could do that. I could give enough to the church to somehow earn being saved. But that's a crazy enough thought that there's very few people who think that. But there are a lot of people who think that by the currency of their good works, doing enough good things, having enough good thoughts, balancing the scales and maybe doing a little more good than bad in my life or not being as bad as this person over there by the currency of my good works, somehow I can earn it. If we could earn salvation by what we do, Jesus would not have needed to come and die on the cross. He died on the cross to pay the price for the things that I've done wrong. And he died on the cross to give the gift of salvation in my life, in your life. So it's not with perishable things, the things you can buy, the things you can do. To be saved, you have to come to understand you can't earn it. He says, no, it's not with that, but it's with the precious blood of Christ. To be saved, you trust the gift that was given to you when Jesus died on the cross. And whether you're an 80-year-old philosopher when you come to Christ who trusts him when they finally come to the end of themselves, or you're an eight-year-old who simply sees, Jesus loves me, this I know, you are trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ when you're saved. Now, the philosopher might understand it better than the child, but the truth is, it's the blood of Jesus that saves us. And Peter here says, he is a lamb without blemish. He's reminding us here that the entire Old Testament looked forward to the blood of Jesus Christ being given for us, shed for us on the cross. 
The entire Old Testament looked forward to the blood of Jesus. John the Baptist recognized Jesus as the Lamb of God. And the book of Revelation, throughout this book, we're going to be singing, worthy is the Lamb for all eternity. That's the significance of the fact that Jesus gave his life, shed his blood for you, a perfect life given for you so that in his perfection, he could give you the gift of forgiveness. Now notice it says here, chosen before the creation of the world to do this, revealed in these last times for your sake, through whom you believe in God. From before creation, God was looking forward to you coming to faith. And Jesus came for your sake so that you can believe in God. If you've never trusted him, you're not sure you've trusted him for this salvation, trust him right now. All of history has been looking forward to this moment. All of eternity is gonna be enjoyed by this moment. Pray right now and just say, Jesus Christ, I recognize that there is an empty place in my life without you. And I recognize, I admit humbly, that I can't earn my salvation. I need the gift that you've given me. So I ask for that gift the gift you gave by dying for me on the cross, that you sealed by being resurrected from the dead. I ask for the gift of forgiveness, of new life, of eternal life. I ask for that gift right now in Jesus' name, amen. The moment you pray that prayer, Jesus gives that gift. There's nothing else you need to do, nothing else you need to say. Now, to live out that gift, there are some character qualities that God wants to be a part of your life. And Peter goes on to talk about those here. But I'd recommend that if you just prayed that prayer, you think, that's that's really the first time I ever prayed a prayer like that. I'd recommend you tell someone else about it. We're not meant to live the Christian life alone. We're meant to live it in relationship and fellowship with other believers. So find a friend who's a Christian, somebody in your family who's a Christian, tell them about it. Now, Peter says, okay, there's our salvation. That's what it's all based on. So let's look again at the difference that this makes in your character. Verses 22 to 25. He says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have a sincere love for the brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. So Peter here says, you have been purified by obeying the truth. And so live out this new character. Now, when he talks about obeying the truth here, he's talking about the obedience of trusting Christ for your salvation. You don't purify yourself by your good works after being saved any more than you can purify yourself by your good works before becoming saved. You purify yourself by obeying God and trusting Jesus instead of yourself for salvation. And then out of that purity, out of that decision, Peter says, you love one another. You love one another because you've been reborn by an enduring word, an eternal word of God. You trust what's eternal in your life. And when you come to Christ, you are trusting what will last. You are trusting what's eternal. If I go to the store to get some glue, and just a crazy illustration, let's say there's three types of glue there, and one says five-minute glue. This glue will last for five minutes. The other says one-year glue, guaranteed to last for one year. And the other says 100-year glue, guaranteed to last for 100 years. I'm going to get the 100-year glue. I'm going to get what lasts. And as Peter quotes Isaiah 46 to 8 here and talks about the fact that we're like grass, we wither, we're going to be gone Our lives on this planet, they're just like a breath. They so quickly fade. 
He's saying don't depend on that which is fading to give you eternal life or a holy character. Depend on that which will last. And God's word, God's promises, they will last. So one of the questions I've been asking myself this week is, am I going to be a man of the world or a man of the word? One of the questions you need to ask yourself in daily life is, are you going to be a man of the world or a man of the word? Are you going to be a woman of the world or a woman of the word? The world around us, there's some good things in it. And there's some things that God has for you to do in this world, some wonderful things. But it's not where your hope is. It's not what's going to endure. It's the word of God that's going to endure. One of the key questions for your character is, what are you trusting in? The world around you, the good in this world, or maybe you've even got caught up in the bad of this world to try to make you feel better in some pain. Are you trusting in the world around you? Are you trusting in the word of God that was preached to you, the word of salvation, the word of joy, the word of peace, the word of grace? That's, that's going to last. That's not just the hundred-year glue. That's the eternal life that only God can give. Let's take a moment to thank him for that and to ask God to strengthen our character today. Our Father, we pray that based on your eternal word, you'd help us to live with a different character today, not one that reflects the world around us, but the kind of character that reflects the hope that you've given us, the joy that you've given us, the life that you've given us, the grace that you've given us, the salvation that you've given us. Let us live with that kind of character today. We need you to do that. We need your power to do that. And we ask for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, join us next week for 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to talk in that chapter about how we're a different people with different relationships. 